Hello, welcome to the Games Brains Headbanging Life podcast. This is part one, part one, the first one of our specials. So if you're regularly listening to the ones we do at the moment, the episodic versions, these are going to be additions to it, podcast specials, where I'm not just going to be on my own. The important thing about these specials is that other people get involved and we're starting episode one, special one, I don't know, I haven't thought of the names of them yet, um, with one of the other writers from the site. Say hello. Hello. It's Unholy Dark Lotus. Or Brendan. Yeah. You can call me either one. Yeah, no. I I'm, kind of prefer Unholy Dark Lotus. I'm it's still like, struggling with this. I'm yeah. like, I'm the disc, but I'm like, I'm not really. The amount of people I talk no, to. No, no, but Unholy Dark Lotus. If I, would, I prefer generally in life to be addressed as Unholy Dark Lotus, it's pretty, it's much cooler. It is much cooler. You, know, you go to work, you go to McDonald's, or, or you go to co uh, Starbucks or any other coffee establishment, and they ask you what your name is, so they can write it on top of your coffee. And you say unholy dark like this. They'll still get it wrong. And they call your name out. Yeah, holy dark. Unholy oh, was dark. Yeah. So yeah, podcast special one. So these are going to follow a different kind of format. They're going to be A, less professional. You won't get any music either. Uh, unless we're covering that's, a specific band. That's purely because I'm here. The less, <laughs> less professional bit. Um, but we are going to cover like specific subjects. Either they might be about a band, an important band in the, our history. Because um, I should say, we're brothers. We've... But brothers, he he's a slightly older than me, slightly a couple of years older than me. So older, wider, greyer. Yeah, our um, <laughs> bolder. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, that's true on all those yeah. ones. Our um, our sort of music history is current, is tied in there in that sense, you know. Um, so when we talk about specific bands, a lot of the time it will we will it's, it was crossover basically. It's never going to be like, oh yeah, I'm a what's a band that I really love that you really uh, what? Let's do a podcast special on Ghost. Yeah, it's cool. not going to work. Oh, I'll happily talk about how pretty they look. I mean, they do actually look really pretty. And to be guy. fair, to be fair, I'm not going to go down a route on Ghost quickly here, but just because uh, we did actually get to see them, or I got to see them at Bloodstock last year, as not a fan of Ghost, and I'm still not a fan of Ghost, but mm. they do put on a pretty spectacular show. I forget, yeah, of course you did actually get to see them, yeah. So well, well, I'm that like a super fan. Officially, for anyone listening to this podcast, is the first positive thing I've ever said about Ghost. So that's yeah, a, that's, that's an exclusive. Yeah, that is <laughs> the go. case. But yeah, so this what we're going to start off with basically covering a band in this one. This spell we're going to be talking about um, probably I, I'd say the second most important band in like connection wise musically because like, yeah. I'd always go first as Metallica. So yeah. I'd probably say this is the second most important. Yeah, yeah easily, easily. Like to like that's relevant as well because obviously you've got bands like Pantera as well, but those bands are dead and buried. Whereas obviously Machine Head are still going. Strong, well, strongish. Did you yeah. see? It depends. I was going to say it depends on people's perspective at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I was but... about to say as well. Did you um, did you see the Facebook post today about them losing money on this tour? Right. Like so, right. So you follow Machine on Facebook, and you know, Rob, I don't know if it's Robbie does all the Facebook as well. I read it as he must because it seems like you know he's so outspoken, and it was the wrapping up of the first leg of the North American tour. She's like, oh yeah, you know, we visited. We've had the biggest crowds we've ever had. Longest sets we've done in the evening where Rob lost his voice for yeah. five of it, still ill. And he was like, oh, um, what's it called? Um, we would have lost money ha had we not on this tour. Like it would have been a bust. That's the word he even used. It would have been a bust had we not owned our own merch now. I heard that and I was like, what? Really? Well, the thing is, being not, not in America, it's hard to say, but 
a, a sentence like the biggest shows we've ever had doesn't necessarily mean a thing because your previous shows could have been 200 and this could be a thousand that's true you know we know that when they come I, you know i can't speak for every country but we see them in london and we've seen them a lot in london mm. and it's very rarely not sold out and the venues are big venues you know hammersmith apollo the roundhouse yep they're all two three three and a half thousand venues that they tend to do two nights at sold out yeah. as well so the biggest show that they did in america i don't know what the attendances are but you know, it may not add up. Yeah. It may it may not add up. You know, how many people do they need at a show to be able to make the money back? Plus, without wanting to turn this into a political thing about anything in America or anything like that, but I would imagine if Rob had to pop into the hospital for five minutes, that probably wiped out all their profits anyway. <laughs> you know? That's actually quite good. You don't even consider that because he's been suffering from what? I don't know what. It was, it's laryngitis yeah, or? Yeah, like, something with his throat. I don't think it's the first time it's come up uh, either. I know he had, didn't he? Have, he was in the hospital for an operation only last year. Oh, okay. I can't I remember, remember exactly what it was for. I'm not sure if it was linked either. The credit to them, they came out, they tried. It's not like they didn't try, you know, they had to Yeah, stop what's the video when through. he cancelled? You know, when he. Um, and credit to a lot of the fans, actually, because I read a lot of the comments and all that, and most people understood and were like, get well soon. You're going to reschedule it. Look forward to seeing you at the reschedule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know they will reschedule it. It's yeah. not going to be. Um... I don't know how, how they, they. I mean, to be fair, they were very, very gracious. I'm not sure. I would. You, you have to be the same, but I would have been. Gutted, devastated. Oh yeah. If um, you know, uh, a couple of nights before the roundhouse. Uh, yeah, it was to happen. They said, "Oh, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to play. We'll reschedule for later in the year." I have you a know. solution. Here's throat problems. And it's something. That one, what I'm, I'm, I'm not very critical of Machine. Sometimes I think, you know, I think Rob could do with uh, not filtering, but thinking before he speaks or stuff like that and all that. But mostly, I, I quite respect and like uh, like them a lot. Um, but I wasn't a hundred percent on board with them coming back and doing another evening with. Um, set of shows not because I don't want to see Machine Head for two hours or whatever I'm totally fine with that um, but I felt like this time round considering the high profile nature of uh, the album the next album and having already done this that perhaps it would have been better musically overall for the scene for them to bring at least one support band out of them a local British act one that's local to each city you know you want to make a competition submit your demo tapes I know it takes time and all that and if the Machine Head tore like a beast that's the problem. They talk like a beast. It seems like once they're on the road, they don't go home for like three fucking years straight. Um, <laughs> Probably why it's throat. Yeah, but like, yeah, I would have like, you know, maybe, maybe not like you're not talking about turning it into something. You know, you can still play two hours if you want, mate, but not two and a half hours. Instead, give that half an hour over. I, I don't know. I thought it would have been a wiser yeah. thing. I don't know. Maybe don't get me wrong. I'm not against the idea of them bringing a sport. I think it's a good thing for the music industry if they do, if bands do. You kind of there is a little bit of look. Machine Head made it, but it started off with someone bringing them out on support. Mm. You know, yeah. way back in the day, when they were supporting bands like Napalm Death and Skin Lab and people like that. Which you know, and now they now they've made it, and there's a little bit of you know that kind of pay it forward sort of thing that maybe they should be yeah. giving that leg up to somebody else. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. There are like practicalities about it as well. You know, there is also the element of they've worked hard to get where they are. They've certainly not had an easy go at it. They've become bankrupt a couple of times, back, fought back. You know, I guess now that they're in a position where they can choose to do what they want to do, they, they want to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not for me to say that they shouldn't, although I do, you know, I'm sure there's a little band out there somewhere who would absolutely adore to be the main support to Machine Head. You know, realistically, as we all know, though, if they did get it, they'd be on at seven o'clock, off at half past seven, and we'd all miss them because we'd be in the queue anyway. Yeah, yeah, particularly, <laughs> so, yeah, particularly with the roundhouse and getting them from Machine Head. We'll get into that. So you kind of just touched upon it. You mentioned two bands, which brings me because basically to this this format is I have a list of questions which we're 
which effectively we'll talk through. Sort of best I could come up with. Almost like the shittiest interview. You know our really crap interviews that we do someone as a site? Um, yep. I don't want to run down any other work, but basically a long time ago, I, way back in the day, I sent out a load of standard questions to a specific um, set of people. I was like, oh, okay, you know, you want to send them to your band, you can do. And like, they're still using them. And I kind of want to sort of say, we've come a long way. We can do better than that. Yeah. If, you, if you tell me which band wants it, yeah. rather than just tell us a bit about yourself and crap, you know, the, the yeah. standard stuff that um, Nuclear Blast, uh, the PR guy for Nuclear Blast Europe, not told me off last year, but basically said, look, man, you, you're asking big bands to answer questions that you can find out on Wikipedia and yeah. shit like that, you know, um, you know, work harder with that and it was like it was good advice it was something yeah. I took on board and was like yeah you're right you know I've got to come up with something better on this it's all a learning curve isn't it yeah yeah exactly so like it's kind of like that but the idea is you're not gonna you're not a band so you're not gonna say what's your origins I'm not a band yet you yeah. never know <laughs> what's your earliest memory of Machine Head basically that's how it has to start what is the first sort of thing that you can remember and go oh yeah that's when it sort of came your way either walked past you smelt them Smell them. Yeah, you know, or you got a whiff of, oh, I've... Yeah, I've still got a pair of his pants indoors. I'm still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I smell yeah. them regularly. One of those live shows. <laughs> yeah, um, no, like, it's, it's a bit of a... It's actually, right, I've, I've been, you know, you know, I've been following Machine Head for a long time. And I followed them originally kind of by accident. Um, I didn't go to see them. I saw them supporting other bands. And I can't remember the year. And I can't, I get, I know that I get my tours mixed up. But I'm pretty sure it was with... Uh, I'm pretty sure they were on tour with Napalm Death and maybe Biohazard, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I saw them because I was there to see the other bands and I quite like them. But I don't really remember much about seeing them there other than knowing that was the first time I experienced them. Um, it was actually then... Well, you weren't there to see them. <clears throat> no, they were just a band. Yeah, they, were, they happened to be there and I thought it was pretty good. That was it. I, didn't even, I probably didn't leave that gig knowing who that, what their name yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I probably just left there thinking, oh, they were pretty good. You know? Roughly, do you reckon that was... So do you reckon it was, uh, but do, you wouldn't say Burnham, but do you reckon that was, um, no, all I, things change? I think it, was around, it would have been around, I think it would have been around 93, 94. So it would have been, no, Burn My Eyes was 91. So it would have been more likely to be the more things change. Yeah. And actually thinking on it, I think Cold Chamber might have been there as well. Oh, okay. So that would definitely They would have been be, headliners then, right? Yeah. So that might have been, it might have been Cold Chamber that I was there to see. Because that would which have is been a, which is, So sorry about that. It's a bit embarrassing these days. It wouldn't have been at the time. It would have been cool that I was going to see Cold Chamber. I've, I've, I've seen Cold Chamber do three fucking songs when they did that reunion um, a couple of years back. And I went to one of the Metal Hammer Award show. And they did, came out and did three songs. The yeah. three hits, Loco and Thing and all that. I remember thinking, this Sweet. is a nostalgia quick, like nostalgia hit, but please, Devil Driver, yeah, please. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I remember, these are just like little snippets of memory. So, you know, when you look back at these things, like 25 years ago or whatever now uh longer than that some of these yeah so, you know so, so chronologically i might have it wrong i might you know be like actually this thing came first i remember picking up a copy of either metal hammer or kerrang it's possibly kerrang when kerrang did metal oh yeah um they had a free cd on the front mm. used to have i used to have hundreds of those cds on my cd shelf or yeah 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 used to do summer specials winter specials everything like yeah, that with some really good fun. stuff on it and always and even, <clears throat> even did them in jewel cases which yeah. were cool as fuck you know and on that there was a Machine Head track, and I remember listening to it, and I and think and when I heard it, again I'm not sure on the track. I think it was actually I, no, I am sure on the track. It would have been Ten Ton Hammer. It was right. a big, big noise about Ten Ton Hammer, and you know, and rightly so. It was like ten seconds in, everyone's like, "Oh, my brain's melting. It's so heavy," <laughs> and it, you know, and people still haven't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I remember listening to it, and when I listened to it, I thought, "Oh shit, that was the band." 
from the other night. That was the song. I was like, when I turned around, I was like, who is this? This is pretty good. Oh, yeah, it caught your attention. And it was yeah. 10 ton ammo. I was like, oh, awesome. Cool. You know? So, um, yeah, and that, that was really it. And then, oh, my God. I, I Other than one, uh, like, kind of venue gig, and I didn't really do a lot of festivals back in the day. There's a few, but not a lot. Like, I've seen Machine Head at every other gig since. I've always had this kind of uh, thing with them, I guess, where we always, like you said earlier on, we always say, rightly so, that Metallica are the band that probably got us all into metal. Yeah. Yeah, they're the one that kicked it all off. Yeah. And because of that, throughout most of my life, um, I've always said Metallica are my favourite band. Mm -hmm. And as time's gone by, you know, it was kind of complicated sometimes to say that because maybe you didn't like what they were putting out or maybe they were just silent for like, you know, 10 years yeah, yeah. and you didn't really know what to say. But, you know, you almost feel like sacrilegious to say that Metallica are not my favourite band yeah. anymore. But there's always been this kind of machine ever there creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. When Metallica went dormant for a while, it was easier for me because I would say Machine Head are my favourite current band. Oh, yeah, it makes it so much easier. <laughs> currently, you know? Machine Head, yeah. But now they're both doing it again. So <clears throat> I guess, you know, being completely honest, with myself is machine Head are, are my favorite band in metal um that's not to say that i don't love a, sh a hell of a lot of other bands as well yeah. you know i'm not like a machine head fanboy it's all about machine head they i love the fact that they put their foot wrong a lot yes they, i love yes. the fact that rob is suffers from verbal diarrhea most of the time i like the fact that they are active on social media because it gives you that kind of connection with the band mm. actually the fact that rob gets up and says this thing you know i've got a lot of time for Machine Head, I, we were lucky enough to meet them, and you know, people say don't meet your heroes, but they were actually really fucking cool, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I was completely ha happy to meet my heroes on that occasion. In that actually. occasion, yeah. You know, so yeah, earliest memory probably isn't actually with featuring them in it. It's seeing a band, not knowing who they were, buying a magazine, getting a free CD on it, and seeing that there's a song in it called Ten Ton Hammer by Machine Head, and then when it played, that click of that was the band, and then becoming a fan ever since. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> see, mine's see. At least you've got a cool story. But mine isn't a cool story at all because I basically I can't remember barely anything. Now, all I can vaguely remember is my introduction would have been uh, the Burning Red for sure, for sure, because I can vaguely remember hearing songs off that, but never, never really thought much of it. Um, I think that because that was my new metal. That was new metal time. Yeah. So there were other stuff that I thought it would have been all from this day would have been over every yes, TV channel. Absolutely. Um, Tracksuits and yellow spikes. I'm sure. I, yeah. I'm sure I probably like enjoyed Ben Red, but actually, there's one memory that stands out, which comes many years after, and I remember this. Now I was working for the underground. Um, shit, I was going to my job. It's supposed to be like an no, ominous. The underground is in the underground metal scene. Yes, yes, working for the underground metal scene. No, yeah. I, or I work for London Underground. Um, and I remember going to work. Now. I was going to the bus stop. This is way before I was driving and everything like that. So I'm going towards the bus stop and I think I was going in for a night shift because it was dark. This is how clear this memory is. And we had been texting or messaging about something because you were pushing me to listen to Machine Head. And the album was Through the Ashes, the uh, Through the Ashes of Empires. Um, I and you remember this. Can, can push me to listen to The Sender Shades of Night, yeah. which is arguably, we'll get onto that later on, about importance of that particular track and that album as a whole. But basically, that's what I remember that and listen to it and think of wow and after that it seems like that just got the ball rolling because after that it was album after album and i also went back although I'd, and you know i was going back and listening to um Davidian. i'd already heard Davidian and all that but none of it stuck out i'll always remember Davidian more for picking up you talked about krang and it jogged the memory and i quickly scribbled it down krang a long long time ago this is um i guess almost a touchy subject but i've got to bring it up they did a cover album an album of bands covering 
other bands' music, but odd ones. Really odd bands covering like things you wouldn't expect. And the yep. one song I remember for that, standing out, and it always sticks in my head, probably for the, because of the situation, was Lost Profits covered Davidian. Right. And I remember listening to it and thinking, ah, that's all right. Yeah. You know? It always sticks. Rightly a dirty word these days. So, yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that cover at all. I, I you know, I, I, I wouldn't. It's not the sort of thing you're going to go and seek out these days either, is it? No, I'm sure if you Google it, you'd find it kind of thing if you really wanted to. But I was, it, it was. I remember quite a lot, you know, of, um, you know, you know, you kind of, you have those recollections of like out weird album covers of single things and all that you pick up. And the one I always remember, which I, which I really, really love, which actually was probably the first release I actually bought from Machine Head. Which was a single for the from the Morthing Strange album, which was "Take My Scars." Yeah. And on the uh, front cover or on the inside cover of it, there was a lot of controversy about it because it had the chest of a man with "Take My Scars" cut into it. Oh, with, I remember um, this. Yeah. You know, like a self-harming kind of kind of kind of wound on it, and it had a. I can't remember the other. There's three songs on it. I can't remember the middle song, but I remember the last song on it was a cover of "Negative Creep" by Nirvana. They covered "Negative Creep." Yeah. Well, oh, that's weird. So yeah, that's probably the first bit of music I bought by Machine Head. But yeah, I remember, I actually I vividly remember exactly the story that you were telling there about Through the Ashes of Empires and Descend the Shades of Night mm. because when I heard that song, not, right, everything, on, I, I like a lot on Through the Ashes of Empires. I, I like it a lot. But you know what it's like and you know what I'm like. We, we like to try and push music onto other people. Yes. We do. We like, you know, yeah. oh, check this out, check this out. And I remember, you know, you were, when you were younger, you, were, you had quite a lot of a uh, pop punk and punk music. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that sort of stuff that you were listening to. And I remember listening to through uh, Descend the Shades of Night and, you know, just deciding in my head that this is the song that is going to convert everybody yeah. who hears this because they might not be sure at first and then they're either going to hear the intro, they're going to hear the solo and they're going to be like, bang. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's why you do. And it wouldn't have just been you. There would have been like... Ten, all of the rest of our brothers would have probably got the same treatment. <laughs> you know, every person I know would have had that song pushed onto him because it, like you say, it was so pivotal. I just remember hearing it and thinking, like, this is the one, this is the one that's going to convert yeah. the world to yeah, machine yeah, yeah. you know? The weirdest thing as well is, like, you're right, that I agree with what you're saying, pivotal, and it is one that converted, I would say, a lot of people and so on. It's weird how we'll get onto it later on, like, 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 like I said, yeah. but it's weird how, like, that is nowhere near my favourite song of that album in the end. You know, but that, that's, that's by the by. Yeah. So what would you say then, like you've kind of talked already, but what would you say was that, like when you really kind of noticed them, what was it about them that appealed? Because by the time you were probably really noticed them, they were hitting their tracksuit wearing spiky hair phase. No, so it you know, like, no, it wasn't. No, because like, you know, I came into them in the early days of the more things changed. So yeah. I actually came into them in the, I don't know if you remember this, um, Metal Hammer or Kerrang, probably Kerrang again actually, because they were quite heavy back, back in the, the day. day. <laughs> there was this, um, I had this poster actually on my wall, I think at one point, which was Rob in a camo, blue camo jacket, like a bomber jacket, and his face had all camo stripes on it, with his hair long, his piercing in his nose, roaring like that. And it was kind of black, right? Yeah, so yeah, it, like, yeah. it was almost like he was kind of coming out of blackness, right? Yeah, it was all like muddy and, and you yeah. know, that sort of stuff, like so. You know, I came in in that era. I didn't come in with the spikes and the shell suit. Right, yes. I, I've, I think I remember this because I remember that post just always confused me because like, if you glanced at it quickly, you would think it was um, Cavalera. Uh, it looked like Sepultura yeah. from the Roots, yeah. Roots section. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the same Yeah, it was the same sort of look. I don't know if it was done on purpose or not, but it was the same sort of look because actually I think there was a Max poster almost identical to it. Right, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I came in in that era. I came in in the, you know, they, they were heavy. I mean, for me, genuinely, the more things change is the heaviest 
album machine that I've ever done. What you think? Oh, okay, yep, I do. I, I think it's a heavier sound. It's a chunkier, rawer edge to it. Yeah. You know, the some of the songs on it are the up there with some of the best songs I've heard the band do. You know, take my scars, stuff like that. But actually, because like you know, with me and metal. I like I do like bands to be a bit different. I don't want Machine Head to just come out and do twenty five take uh, ten ton hammers. Yeah, you know I want to do something different. And the thing that sold me on that album that made me a Machine Head fan was actually probably the song Violate. Yep. Yeah, which was after it's oh it was a uh, second last maybe or third last song on the album. Uh, but back in the days of Digipack, there were like a couple of bonus ones as well, which yeah. was which was actually quite telling. I'll come to that one in a second because <laughs> but, but um. The f- early songs on that album are heavy. You know, it is heavy song after heavy song after heavy song. The yeah. more things change, like, like it's Tento Hammers, Take My Scars, the more things change. It just keeps going, uh, and, uh, blistering. And then all of a sudden, Violet starts and it's... Dun, 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 you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Slow, it's got soft... It's, it's, it's still heavy, don't get me wrong. It's, it's you know, heavy doesn't mean fast, does it? No, and of it's course. And uh, it's got this like dark kind of undertone to it. And it's, it's really... But it's slow and he sings in it. You know, he really sings, and there's harmonising in the vocals as well. All things that we see these days and go, what? Look at Machine Head singing. It's actually, no, they've always done this. It was just hidden on the albums. It wasn't the forefront. So that song was probably the thing that sold me on Machine Head. I loved all the heavy stuff and all that, but that made me think like, oh, they're more than this. Yeah, they're They're more than this. They've got more in their locker. This is interesting. And then actually, to the Digipack, the last song on the albums, this was the last song on the More Things Change before... The new metal phase is a cover of Ice T's Colors. I think it's oh, Ice yeah, T. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice yeah. T, Ice Cube, so, some rap person. Yeah. Which so the very very last song on the More Things Change is a rap song. Yeah. And then the very next album is from this. Which, uh, is, which uh, would be the Burning Red. Almost like hinting at so what actually, the next yeah, you know, I look back be. at it now and I go, oh, should, should I have seen this coming? The writing <laughs> you know? was on the wall. How, I can't remember how long how long was the Burning Red after the More Things Change because. What more Burning Red was what would have been ninety six seven? Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't think there's ever been like in the early albums at least there was never a massive gap. I think there's generally there are two and a half to three year band. Yep, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the more things change came out in either ninety three or ninety four. Is one of those two. So then it would have been yeah. I mean because because oh my high of new metal was ninety six mm. to ninety ninety eight ninety nine roughly you know count two thousand I guess really but then it was going to disappear. Yeah. So then it was the height of it because ultimately that was what. It was <clears throat> the burning red, but it wasn't like you know. Although it was from the what 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 appealed to me, I think about that album, how how accessible it was. It was really accessible. Like if you were like trying to find your feet and yeah. like into new metal and enjoying Lincoln Park and although I never really did Lincoln Park, but yeah. anyway, um, Disturbed and the likes and stuff like that. Um, Desire to Fire. So like it's a great. I still think it's a great song, but like that's. For Machine Head as well, the machine we know now, that is simple as fuck. Like, that's oh, really yeah. easy to sort of... No, it is. It is. You know? It is, but that's what, you know... Because I, I, for the people listening, there's a difference in our ages, but not like a huge one, but there's a bit of a difference in our ages. So I actually came... I was already into metal before new metal started. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was... And when you're younger, I'm not going to lie about this, you know, you can look back on some of the things that you do and all that, and you think, like, oh, that's a bit cheesy. When you're younger, a lot of the stuff I wanted to do was to shock people around me. Yeah, I wore the naughtiest T-shirts. I wanted the heaviest music. I wanted to blare it as loud as I can. I wanted people to go, "Oh, look at that weirdo!" You know, that's just sometimes that's just what you you, you kind of set out to do. It doesn't mean you like the music any different, but you sort you seek out the more creative, the more strange, the more different. You know, the weird the shirts Manson's, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. You know, so the more things change, the album for me, that was probably like, you know, I was into that like in a big way. 
So actually the change from that to the burning red had a massive impact, should have, sorry, should have had a massive impact on me because I was still in my, you know, I was getting into heavier and heavier music. I was starting to listen to, I don't know, your carcasses and stuff like yeah. that. And then that came out. But I never disliked it at any point. I never, ever, I didn't, like, all right, I'm not going to lie, I didn't like his image. I didn't like the band's image. <clears throat> yeah. But there was never a point in my life where I thought The Burning Red was a bad album. I definitely thought it was the weaker of the three albums that had been at that point. Yeah. But I've always been a huge fan of lyrics, massive fan of lyrics. And that's one of the things I think why I like Machina, because I think lyrically they're bloody clever. Okay. Yeah. They're very clever. They're very um, topical which helps. Yeah. And like we all do in metal, you know, we like to listen to things sometimes and then we kind of, we, we almost like apportion it to our lives and we go, you know, he's singing about me or he's yeah. singing about my story and that's how we buy into it. And for, for me, that's what always happened with Machine Head. It's always happened. And even with that album where some of the music is simplistic, you know, some of the songs are catchy in a kind of rock club kind of way, yeah. you know, like From <clears throat> This Day and everything yeah. like that. But the lyrically, there is some really, really good stuff that's out. Some deep stuff, some meaningful stuff. You know, songs like the the song Five. Um, the actual, the last song on the album, The Burning Red, yeah. which is a slow, you know, like saunter through de depression. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. very much so. Um, the Blood, The Sweat, The Tears. All, all still things that Machine Head always sang about with a, with a different style. You know, all about um, getting knocked down, getting back up again. You mm. know, it's all about the blood, the sweat, the tears, about working hard. Well, you know, before they'd even had their troubles with the record label, they were yeah. already singing about that, those issues about having to keep fighting back and everything like that you know. Because would you say that, that like so like that was right? So those issues, say lyrically on point, starting to come on point there. But then would you say Supercharger was the the one that really nailed? I guess the more um, the more issue bound. Like I always see Supercharger as corn. Do you remember corns? album issues it's called issues yeah. it was basically yeah about that obviously superchargers that's machine head issues yeah I, a supercharger was probably for me the harder of all the machine head albums to really really buy into originally yeah. because while i like a lot of the songs in it i it's not got it's one of the few machine head albums that doesn't have a um a standard message all the way through yeah i don't think you know I, I like a lot of the songs in it now. I like a lot of songs even at the time. You know, I like Bulldozer. I like all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, you get towards kind of the end of the album. Songs like The Deafening Silence, which is, you know, which I which I like. Because, again, it's that lyrical sort of stuff I like, yeah. you know. There's no kind of flowing message in a lot, for me, in a lot of Supercharger. In a lot of it. The song Supercharger, the song Bulldozer. It starts off... You know, with this whole, it's all about force and like, don't, yeah. don't back down and everything like that. But then as you get down the album further, you're suddenly into things like um, Trephination and yeah. Deafening Silence, which aren't about not backing down. They're all about almost like a giving up sort of thing. Like, it's deafening me, it's killing me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's funny because, um, you know, we, we talk about Supercharger. It's like, I, 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 you know, I, I, couldn't li I couldn't sit here and, other than probably the latest four or five albums, I couldn't go back to Burn Mize or... Um, Temo Scars and all that sort of thing. More things change, I mean, um, and things like that, and name every song. Not because I think I could. Not because I, I, think I don't I, remember them, but yeah. the bull, uh, Bulldogs, I keep fucking doing that. Not, yeah. not the album, the Supercharger. Supercharger yeah. um, I reckon has got the most amount of forgettable machine head songs. Yeah. Like that, you just go, like if you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not bad. Or like, oh, yeah, I do like that, but you just don't remember it. You never the, put it in. The thing is, and it's not like, you know, I love Machine Head. This is not a diss to them because Bulldozer... Sorry, I've done it now. Supercharger <laughs> had to happen. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that with bands. Sometimes these things have to happen. I think to go from The Burning Red 
to through the Ashes of Empires would never have happened. And yeah. S- uh, Supercharger had to happen in the middle because yeah. that was like it was coming. It was still it still had them new metal, new metal vibe. It had a bit more groove to it. It was it was like it was coming back, like yeah. coming back around a little bit. And um, there are a lot of good songs on Supercharger. There are a lot. There are a lot of forgettable songs. But generally, I don't listen to anything off Supercharger on my. Uh, I'd say record player, but CD player, yeah. or, you know, on my phone or whatever like that. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't seek it out. If it comes on, I might leave a song on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's because yeah, it's been a while or something like that. The yeah. thing that we look back with fond memories on these albums for is purely because live, everything that Machine Head do is amplified by times 10 live. Mm-hmm. They're faster, they're heavier, they're more brutal. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Machine Head together many, many times and we've seen him do songs, rap songs from some of these albums and he doesn't even rap them like lyrics anymore. No. He now shouts. Them. So, you know, sometimes yeah. when maybe we look back on them with a little bit kind of rose tinted glasses, because we, you know, when you think about bulldozer, you think about bulldozer in the pit. I do. Yeah. I, it's you a know? lot faster live. A, it's lot a lot faster. faster a lot heavier. Yeah. You know, but you know, I was a fan enough of the song bulldozer yeah. that I've actually got it tattooed on my leg. Yes. Yeah. I've got the yeah. um, head first. We go against the grain. But that's a good lyric. Yeah. So a good line. So, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, oh, I don't like Supercharger. I do like Supercharger. I did like it. I don't like it as much as any of their other albums, but I do like a lot of the songs live because live machine, just kill it. Well, that then ties <laughs> into the next two. So we'll start with you. Yeah. Obvious one. So what is, what is your favorite machine and album? Like I've realized that might chop and change it's occasionally, right, yeah, and that's but why like, what would you, if you would if you were, had a gun to your head and you were like, okay, which is the one album that you say, yeah, that's probably the best work they've done. Bloody second amendment thugs. <laughs> Guns to my head already. Talking about machine head. <laughs> yeah, no. Um. Uh. It, the problem with this, and this is, a, but it's not a problem. It's um. It's because machine head are important to me, and because of their, I think they're so good. Is that I do have different favorite albums at different points in my life, depending on what's going on, depending on the day. Overall, I think their best album is through the through the ashes of empires. Yep. I think that is. The most pivotal because of the time it came at. The band were on a low. Yeah, UK, Europe have always stood behind them, but they I think they've been ditched by Roadrunner USA. Yeah. They weren't sure what was happening with them. The sales were bad. You know, everything was pretty bad. And um, you know, if you're if if that's your job and that's your career and that's what you love doing and you get slapped down that much, to then come back with that album is why it's so pivotal. It's unbelievable. And I actually think it's genre changing. I think it came out and it impacted on a lot of people. I'd be very surprised if there aren't many bands out there who didn't listen to songs like Imperium and be inspired. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be very surprised. Um, Things like The Blackening. I love The Blackening. I love, like a lot, Unto the Locust. I like Bloodstone and Diamonds. I like like all their music, but I don't think any of it happens without Through the Ashes ashes of Empires. Yeah, because... Nothing happens. Because I spoke with like Supercharger being a bridge that allows through the ashes to Empire. Empire. You don't go from Supercharger to the Blackening either. Oh God, no, wow. Can you imagine? You can almost plot on a boring kind of chart how it came to be. You know, how did they get to this point here? And you can see it album by album. They went kind of new metal but it still had that lyrical content, a little bit more singing, a little bit more slower songs. And then they sped it back up and added the groove back in. And then they took another bit of new metal out and added, you know, a bit more distortion and a bit more crunch and a bit more venom mm. into it and Phil Demel, which I think yeah. had a massive yeah. impact on it. You know, uh, you know, and it, you can see it leading. And now with Phil and Rob in the band, they can do through, uh, they can do Descend the Shades of Night. They can do their first full-on proper dual harmonising guitar solo. Yeah. 
and then we get to the blackening and halo and halo yeah you know yeah. what i mean you can see it happening step by step by step by step so there's nothing in machinist career that i would say take that out because i actually don't think anything works without everything you know you can't take oh i wish they hadn't done supercharger but I don't think you would have, we would have ended up the way we are today if they hadn't done it. No, but you like, find out with everything, don't you? Because ultimately the same thing, I mean, although I wouldn't quite, you plot that out, I think if you're listening to this and you're going, fuck yeah, that's the perfect way to look well, at it. Well, most people probably <laughs> think it's like, it's kind of nerd. Yeah, well, yeah, but you, 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 like, I see what you're drawing a picture and like, you, people always do that, oh, like Metallica should have made St. Anger, but then you could argue if we didn't get St. Anger, we wouldn't have gotten two arms that followed yeah. because they needed that Band, bands need creative, to I don't know, mess, a creative dry run. It's the thing about being a band and being a fan. You know, our job is to listen, critique, and decide to like it or not. That's it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that a band shouldn't put it out. <laughs> you know, they have to do what's right for them at the time. They put it out there, and they grow from it. Hopefully, they learn from it. They move on to the next phase of their career. Yeah. You yeah, know? that's basically it. One one bit of nerd speech I don't actually know, but I, I you know, I was talking about plotting this out of that. I'd love to see the ages of Rob, say, for example, in these phases. You know, because actually, you know, they, I, I don't know how old they were when they debuted. I, I'm imagining they weren't, like, they were, like, no more than 2021. 20, yeah, early 20s, I think, yeah. So that means that, actually, they, they were about my age, your age even, when the new metal scene was happening. Mm. So the fact that they got influenced by the music around them, you know, is, is normal, isn't it? You know, that's what we do. Yeah. There isn't a single metal fan today unless they're lying, who didn't like a bit of new metal at some point. So you reckon they hit, then they start hitting the Sender Shades night and they're basically grown up. But that's what happened were. to you, isn't it? That's what happened to you. You say like back in the day you like new metal, but as you've got older, your tastes have changed. Yeah. You've become more, you know, you've grown into different Yeah, things. and you Why listen to them more I mean, that, and you're finding other influences. They're just, they're just human beings as well. Why hasn't that just happened to them as well? Yeah, but you don't see them that way, do you? The difference is, yeah, we see them, them as, like, yeah, well, we see them as the devil, we yeah. see them as, as, as God, you know? Yeah, see, I, I, my normal, my normal reaction, like I had to think briefly, think about this, was that oh well, obviously it's um, through the ashes of empires is their best album, but truth be told, it's probably the blackening, purely because of um, just how complete it is. Like in a sense, if I was to say what's the best machine head album, in the fact that the most widely like, pleasing, the one that was critically, and there's no one had a bad. It depends what you're doing. If you're gonna yeah. like sit down and go like, which one has the best sound, the best mixing, the best mastering, and all that sort of stuff, you know, then it's probably always gonna come back to the blackening. Always but, is, yeah everyone's going to have a different personal opinion and from a personal opinion for me through the ashes of empires not because it because they didn't have the best uh, mastering at least in some parts of it there are some songs on it that have a slightly funky tone to it yeah um they did something really annoying with that album where they released like different versions of it as well i think they have to do this sometimes like there's a japanese version and all oh that, right yeah, that yeah. Has, like a different song on it yeah so, like an extra thing here chucked yeah. in yeah so because i only know that because i think it was probably a couple of years back where i downloaded the album legally yeah yeah get that one in yeah, right like on my music player and uh there was a song on it i'd never heard and it was like the best day ever i mean no machine had music for a couple of years now and there's a song i've never heard on through the astro empires i couldn't understand and then i realized it's because i somehow through apple music or any other music <laughs> provider had downloaded um the japanese version of it right so i now had this new machinist song to listen to i was like this is like, yeah, like a didn't birthday they, didn't they do that with the black as well where there's one with an extra couple of tracks including the metallica cover of battery yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so sort of like that's annoying because like that's the kind of shit you do want to hear yeah, yeah and so like one market getting it and you potentially might miss out or not find out for years yeah. you know like that's cool but um we were kind of touched on this already but i was going the question was going to be least favorite album None of them. No, but like least one, the bottom of the pile, isn't it? The bottom of the pile for me 
is Supercharger, despite the fact that I like it. Yeah. And this is not me saying, oh my God, it's a terrible album, it shouldn't exist. I've already made my feelings clear on that. Yeah. It's not, it's my least, it's the least best Machine Head work. Yeah, I, basically, I yeah. Think. Yeah, I mean, God, it's, it's weird difficult for me because, like, I, I like Burn My Eyes, but, like, that's the one I know the least in that regard. Yeah, I, I know Burn My Eyes, song by song, lyric. I could probably relay every lyric from every single song in that album but i know it very very well and it's a strong album however people's recent or not recent but last 10 years worth of reactions to machine ed and their constant harping back to burn my eyes actually gives it a bit of a sour taste for me yeah. where i'm almost like reluctant to play it because i'm going to play their new stuff because actually i'm sick to death of hearing everyone saying machine ed haven't released anything good since burn my eyes that's fucking oh that's, that's the like, same oh you know what that yeah well right now that's the same fucking bunch of idiots out there yeah. go metallica haven't released anything great since kill em all yeah. or master pub and it's like don't be a fucking idiot just because yeah. you don't like it entitled to your opinion but we also know that's not true because it's not your opinion it's purely whether it's trolling dumb purpose and you don't actually mean it or you're just a dick quite possible or yeah. both yeah. probably both um, realistically there is no metal fan in the world I, I, I struggle to think who's going to say songs on the blackening some, at least one or two of them songs Halo or, or you know Now I Lay you whatever it's going to be mm. Aesthetics of Hate aren't good metal songs so yeah. the fact that they you know they won't even acknowledge anything past Burn My Eyes just shows the most closed minded I know we use this term metal elitist, but there's nothing elite about it. I don't like the term. Yeah, because it's not implies, yeah. it's, 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 it implies that you, you you know more than I do. Yeah. And actually, if, if you're that close off that you don't know anything past Master of Puppets, you don't know anything past Burn My Eyes, you're really not that elite. Like, seriously, you're like the opposite, to be yeah. honest. You know, he's probably still got six Kerrang CDs that he happens to have them, a couple of them songs on it in his bedroom. It's the same people that will, if you would ever turn around and sort of say and lie, because this is a lie, and say, "Oh yeah, I got into metal through Cannibal Corpse." Like, yeah. fuck, did you? Yeah. No one did. Yeah, no, they don't. No, and I, <laughs> you know, and and I, and I didn't. <laughs> I definitely didn't. I and I also the other thing that I won't lie, the other people will lie about all the time, but I won't lie. I didn't get into metal through Ozzy, or Motorhead, mm -hmm. or um, I'm trying to think, Judas Priest. Yeah. You know, or 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 Sabbath. Saxon, yeah. or you know, any any of that. That wasn't the stuff that got me into metal. What I got into metal was the stuff that was playing at the time. Um, and then I got into metal, and then I looked backwards, like we often do in metal. Yeah. You know, we go to back catalogues, and then I found Black Sabbath and people like that. Yeah, and then you found it. everyone would be like, no, it's all about Black Sabbath, man. But it, it probably wasn't for you originally. There would be people out there who heard Black Sabbath and became metal fans. Yes. Don't get me wrong, absolutely. But for most people, you know, if you're my age, what you were probably listening to was Pantera, Sepultura, bands, Machine Head, Fear Factory, bands Corn, like that. Things like yeah, that, yeah. came out. Yeah. There's yeah. no shame in saying they got you into metal and then you became a fan of heavy music. Yeah. I don't understand why people... Say it right now. I once owned two Limp Bizkit albums. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which two? Chocolate Starfish uh, and Starfish Three and Dollar Bill Water and... Uh, what, yeah, what? Um, three dollar bill or was the first or the second, and yeah, then it was, it was the one with the skateboarding guy yeah, in the front. What, Fuck. I think it was significant that one. other. Significant that's other. it because it had the song. I think that was the one that had the song break stuff on it. Elsa Faith and yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I suppose if you go that route, I also had a, a another split CD with Limp Bizkit and Corn it called the Family Values. Tour. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so so there you go. I actually think I'm, you know, reasonably well educated in a lot of metal. Not everything because nobody is. But I own Limp Bizkit albums. Yeah. 
What would we I'd be ashamed of it? I think I might have mentioned on one of the um, other podcasts, the episodes when I, I think I, I know I mentioned my first album, my albums I bought, but I never didn't. I think I mentioned the first single I ever bought, um, which was Linkin Park's One Step Closer, and it was a fold out gatefold one. That, yeah, that's probably how long it had to be to get his walk in. It was such oh, <laughs> it's such a good fucking song. Yeah, it's weird how I ended up hating that band so much. And I'm not hating them in the sense that because like they never did anything to make yeah, except I, make bad music. I guess I was quite I was quite lucky with them in that they. They, you know, I was already into the Morphine Stranger and things like that yeah, before they, they were came late. out. Yeah, I remember a couple of my friends and like uh, being big into them, and I never really kind of got it. It never happened for me. Didn't dislike them, just never listened to them really. I knew the songs. I knew the all the first album. I knew all of Meteor as the second album. Yeah, I don't know anything that happened after that. To be honest, other than maybe a couple of recent songs I got a bit of radio play and I think they had one in Transformers the movie or something like that. That's the one from. Well, no, I think they had a couple. Of, the one I always remember because I. I fell out of love incredibly quickly in fact the overplaying of crawling is what really turned right. me off and then there was um the one where it's all space whales remember the video when he's all like it's space whales in the sky god it's a famous song of theirs and i really didn't like it so when is it that came, the one with the walk it probably is yeah the walk yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 actually it I is yeah because he's coming out of like a pyramid big building there's yeah. flying space whales and shit fuck i cannot remember the life of me with that Songs, but I don't. A little bit of loneliness, yeah. And I, I never liked it. And then so like when Meteor came out, I actually didn't hear anything from it until I saw Transformers, and they had that song, um, play at the credits or near the end of the movie and what stuff. I've done. That's right. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and other than like the recent album, I knew not. I I, I stopped paying complete attention. And it was only for the site, the recent album. You did the single. I did the album. Yeah. That it came my way again. Oh, I did see them live. I mentioned I I yeah. did see them live for free. Um. And I'd have blast it as well, um, which yeah, is funny how it works. I don't hate Linkin Park. I never have hated Linkin Park. I just, I was all right. I guess I was lucky that I was already into music, so I had my bands. You know, as you do back then, you kind of have your bands you follow, and I was following Ooh. them. Yeah, and yeah, because well, you feel really weren't looking for nothing else. Yeah, you feel really you know? tight about those bands, particularly yeah. as well. Um, all right, well, cap, right off topic, back to Machina. So the question I wanted to ask, and you'll you'll be the best one to answer, really. Why do you think she never survived this long? Because this is a long-ass career. unadulterated tenacity. Tenacity. Because they've got no... There's no... If... if right. If, I, obviously, I'm not in the band. I don't know the band. I don't know their numbers and figures and everything like that. But I do follow them and I do read a lot about them. And, and I've read a lot about their troubles and their interviews and everything like that. If what I've read is to be believed, financially... For family reasons, for that, there's no reason for Machina to still exist yeah. these days. In fact, I think a lot of other bands would have folded. Yeah, um, it, I can only bring it down to pure tenacity to just not give up, just not to give up. Because you know, how can a band be? You know, you you you're in negative sales, you're losing money, your record label drops you, and rather than call it quits or or try a change of maybe joint start a new band up yeah. or, or something like that, rather than do that, they stick with the name. And they just keep working. Yep. And they come back with Through the Ashes of Empires in first song, Imperium. Yeah. You know? It's, it's quite hard to... There's no reason for that to happen. There's no reason for that to happen other than the people that are in that band to just have this amazing strength of character to not give up, actually, because I think most people would have given up. I think I would have. Was there ever a point that you remember in their history that you thought, yeah, this is probably going to do them in? I, I thought they would. I, I, I thought they were finished to be honest I didn't after, think that, um, after, Bulldogs, after uh, Supercharger, Supercharger after the, the you know the, it, it wasn't anything that they said or anything like that but and maybe it's the media maybe maybe the me, maybe maybe they were never close to giving up but I remember reading the interviews I remember them talking about going back to work 
giving up. Uh, the labels have dropped them. They don't know what to do. You know, is this the end of Machine Head? And you only know that from reading, you know, Facebook and all that wasn't around. You were you buying know, the magazine. You're yeah. buying the magazine, you're reading that, and you're, you're assuming that what they're telling you is either an interview or a fact or a statement mm-hmm. or truth. And then you kind of work off of that, you know? And that's it. And I remember thinking that. I didn't think there would be another one. And then what, then I remember the rumours coming out that, you know, they were in the studio, they were writing again. Mm-hmm. And then there was going to be this uh, Elegies. Elegies, yeah. Which was going to be almost like documentary yeah. style to show everything that happened. Which is a brilliant insight into metal bands and the troubles they go through and why you should buy your music. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen Elegies, even if you don't like Machine Head, you should definitely check that out. Well, you pick it's up gonna a DVD be a, for like a pound yeah, now. It's going to be a similar story for a lot of bands, to be honest. And yeah. it's, like, it's probably one of the rare times where it's actually happened to a band and they've decided to document it so people could see. Don't don't worry. It's not like some kind of monster. I know when you sort of talk no. about pulling back the curtain, people no. get flashbacks of some kind of monster. Metallica's um, no, it's not curtain like pulling thing and the yeah, horror no, show that there's was. There's no therapy. There's no, you know, storming out or anything like that. It's yeah. just it's just it's just quite a raw insight into what was really going on back at that time, and it wasn't pretty. You know, like it's not it's not like a messy in terms of the people and that, but it's emotional if you're a fan of Machine Head and a fan of Rob to see what was going on. And the band up to that point, because it wasn't just about the supercharger and the record label. It was, there had been some, I don't know whose decisions they are, but there were some bad decisions made because, yeah, the band changed guitarist, lineup, everything just kept changing. Yeah. You know, and then we got the supercharger and all that sort of stuff. So I would also say that I think Phil Demmel joining the band. Yeah. But not just because he joined the band, but because of his previous relationship with Rob in violence. Yep. Yeah will also be a catalyst for how they then suddenly had this like Rob suddenly had that shoulder ship. you know suddenly they were, the two, they, were they were a pair they were, mm. they were settled down everything was okay I think that would have helped as well I think that stayed the ship um, the fact that Phil has then stayed in the band I think long term because yeah. up to that point you know we've gone through uh, obviously we had Logan Maddow we had Aru Luster yeah um, you know and with each guitarist we had a different machine the vibe yeah completely different machine yeah you're right yeah you know? Because people tend to harp on about Logan as if like we've lost some sort of like oh you know when remember when Logan was in Machine Head you know it was this and it's like wasn't he wasn't he Burning Red and um, um, uh, Supercharger? No 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 he was the more things changed. Okay and uh, I I think I'm not sure if he was still around for the touring of the Burning Red but he definitely would have been around for the recording of it. Right so okay. And Aru was Supercharger. Right. (laughs) So I can now I get why people bitch and moan about Logan then because obviously if you're still harping on about the old days. You see Logan as the catalyst for those old days. Yeah. But I just, you know, like generally the simple answer to the question is, is that I think anyone else in that band situation, or sorry, not anyone, many other people in that band situation, financially or the burden on their families, the struggles they were having would have been reason enough to say, we got to stop. Did you, you know, worry? We got mortgages to pay. We got kids to raise. We got to stop. The fact that they didn't, you know, just could, you can only put it down to like an inner core, some but- sort of strength. The question I got to ask is, I guess, although I've never uh, that that part all sort of flew me flew past me, as well, I didn't really know about it till later on. Um, modern times, I guess, not that I thought they'd quit in it, but I thought it might cause long term problems. Um, Adam Deuce, did you I was, think? I was surprised mm. first more than anything else because I didn't know uh, that there were issues between Adam and other bandmates. But you know, from the sounds of it, it's not it wasn't just Rob. You know, I would imagine if Rob just kept sacking people, that other bandmates would have a problem with that. Like, yeah. So it sounds like it was Adam and other people. Um, I was surprised by it because I thought Adam, you know, he was part of the band. I thought him and Rob were like buddies. And I thought, I thought everything, I didn't know. And why should I? That there were other things going on behind the scenes. 
It certainly um, came out of the blue. It really did I'm not, take... I'm just going to sound like a really horrible thing to say, so I'm going to apologise in advance to anybody who plays the bass guitar. Okay? There are parts of bands that are very, very hard to replace, and a good bassist is important. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam was a very, very solid bassist. There are... Your bassist can be replaced. I, I know that sounds like a horrible thing to say. Unless you're Lemmy, yeah, who, like, you know... I see what you're getting at, yeah. But, you know, look, you, you, you look at Metallica, you know... Cliff's a great. You, can, you can't lose Lars. Whether we love him, hate him, whatever, you can't lose Lars. You can't lose James, and it would be really weird to see Metallica without Kirk Hammett in it. But you can, it, it, we, you know, you can get by with the change in the basis. Well, we've seen it with Metallica. Machine Head, you know. Uh, for me, obviously, you can't lose. You can't. You, front man can't go. That's the hardest part in it. Yeah. You know, um, and for me though as well, Dave, because Dave to me is Machine Head. Like I, I see Dave McLean as Machine Head. He's yep. one of the. I think he's one of the most. Underrated. Uh, impressive and underrated drummers in yeah. metal. He doesn't get quite talked yeah. about in the same way. because lights. he doesn't just do three-minute blast beats, is what yeah. it is. So people, yeah, but what he does is he has immaculate timing, immaculate rhythm, and he can do speed drumming as well. Yeah. You know? And actually, if you look at the changes that Machine Head have gone through, and he's always been, well, since, obviously, originally it was Chris Contest and different drummers in uh, Burn My Eyes, mm. but he toured for, uh, that, for that part of it. So he's done from this day... He's also done the blackening. You know, he's done the, all the, the whole range. He's done the drumming on the Imperium through to Descend the Shades of Night. He's a drummer that literally is multifaceted. He can it, just appear and, and you know, pull it off. He hasn't... With no disrespect, I guess he could... He's almost like, um, you guys you guys write it, I'll play it. Yeah. Basically, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was upset with the Adam thing, but only purely because I thought they were all good, to be honest. I thought they were all pals... Everyone was tight knit and everything like that. And then when they weren't, you know, it's just it's that weird thing. It's like they're your band. You love that band. Yeah, yeah. You love yeah. all four of them. Adam's been in the band for ages. Adam, you're so cool. You know, you've got terrible backing vocals, but you're so cool. Yeah, you're, you're machine. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's out of the band, and everyone's shouting at him, and he's shouting at them, and all that. And you, it's not so much about the fact that he left or anything like that. It's more about the fact that the band that you love are like at each other's throats. Yeah. It's like stop it, stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because it hurts you. You yeah. don't want to see it, and it's kind of like, oh shit. But. Like, I, you know, say, as long as you choose the right basis, I guess, for a band and it's right fit for the band, the young James Hetfield that they've time-walked in from 1980 <laughs> is absolutely it's fantastic. It's so weird, because when he's got his fucking hair down and the white, yeah. you're absolutely right. What's yeah. he's got a back and tie up and got his glasses yeah, no, on? he doesn't look anything like him, yeah. So no, but s- I think Jared is an, uh, not only is he a great basis, we were lucky to meet him uh, very, very few, a couple of years ago. He's, he's a, genuinely seems like a decent geezer. Yeah. He's um got very decent backing vocals, I think. Um, more on show now in this more recent album. Yeah, we'll get to else. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm do you happy. know what? It, yeah, I, I I agree with you that for once it feels you know what it feels like he feels like uh, Metallica's Rob, e.g. they found the the most complete member they possibly can. I loved you know Metallica. I love Jason Newstead. I thought yeah. he's one of the best bassists, and I think he I think it's a real pity he's disappeared off the face of the planet. Um, but um, you know, you find Rob, and it's like it's a fit. It fits Metallica, it fits everything, and I yeah. think it's the same with um, Jared. I think. Would you say this is probably then the most complete Machine Head lineup for you? What you've seen now for the last I hope it is. years, <laughs> yeah. Cause, I hope it is. Yeah, you never know, innit? No, you never know. Um, but you know, again, you only go by what you see. They look happy. They look like they're together mm. as a band. You know, you they look yeah. tight knit. There's a lot of social media, don't they? They do. They're all over it. You see their Facebook videos live on this tour in the coach and all that sort of yep. stuff and you've got Phil popping in for a bit Dave popping in for a bit rattling off stories Jared everything like that yep. 
they look like a band that are having a good time. And I think as long as they're having a good time, then, then it'll continue. That's, that's uh, good enough, yeah. yeah. So then, let's move on. Um, we've already been going for 50 minutes. It's amazing how quickly this goes by. What album are we on? Second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which album are we going to talk about now? Um, we're going to actually skip a couple. We're, not, um, we're going to go straight to modern Machine Head, and let's talk about Catharsis. Um, obviously, their latest album. It's out mm-hmm. now, where you can find it wherever you want. If, you, if you're if you in the metal world and you're like, what, Machine Head have a new album? Man, yeah. what rock have you been living under? Yeah. So what's your, simply, what's your thoughts on Catharsis? I think it is the best album they've released since The Blackening. Um, that's, again, not to say that I don't like the albums in between, but no. I think this album is stronger than Bloodstone and Diamonds, and I think it's stronger than Onto the Locust. Mm-hmm. Uh, Onto the Locust, is, it was closer. Yeah, there's some very good songs on Onto the Locust, yep. Locust in particular, but yeah, I think this is the best song since then. There are, uh, you know, for personal missteps on it, bits that I don't like here and there. There's one or two stinkers, yeah. You know, but I guess what you, what you get with uh, when you decide to pick out like 15 tracks <laughs> rather than your ten general yeah, eight, eight yeah. or ten. You know, if they'd have cho- if they'd have sat down and done what they maybe done on previous albums, said right, we're just gonna pick the eight or nine best and pop that out of the album. They probably wouldn't be getting half the grief they're getting right now. You reckon? Yeah, no, I do reckon. Because I worry that one of the that they might have chosen some of the wrong songs. Well, maybe, maybe, but I can. You know, like the, the reason I know I love that album, which sounds like a silly thing to say, but you kind of find trends is that since it came out, it has been on almost constant rotation yeah. in my car on my way to work and on my way back. The only time I'm not listening to it is if I'm listening to something for the site. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Generally. Yeah. Um, and I am yet to settle on a favourite song. Now, I've had the favourite song, but I've also had seven other favourite songs since it came out, and I keep now going back and forward between six, seven, eight tracks, and I'm not sure which one's my favourite. Which one you prefer, yeah. And that is quite telling. That, that happens to me on albums that I love. It happened to me on Master of Puppets and Justice for All. You know, I couldn't, oh, do I love this one or do I love this one? Yeah. Oh, this is my favourite song. And a week later, it's like, oh, no, it's this one. This one's much better. And I keep going back to it. You know, um, and you also get that feel. I know it's right. It's probably sounds silly. Maybe this happens to other people. I shuffle my songs a lot when yeah. I'm driving. Yeah, I've got steering control, so I'll put it on shuffle. I'll be driving, and I'll get touch of a finger I can for sometimes you. go thirty miles before <laughs> I've actually decided oh, I want to play this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find it impossible to skip songs on that album. I feel okay. rude doing it. Like it deserves to be played. I get to it, and I'm like, now nah, I've got to listen to this again. And I've actually there's been occasions where one or two songs in particular. I think I'm not going to listen to that one today. I'm going to listen to something else. Then it will start up, and I'll be like, "No, you can't." Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Can't turn it off. I'm not listen to it. You know, I think it's different, and I, I do get that some people don't like change, and it is it is a change. However, so has every other bloody album they've ever released. Yo, that's that's what? the thing that I don't understand. People, what do we actually want as metal fans? Do yeah. we want people to just put out the same album for ten years, one after the other, one after the other? Don't ever change. Or do we actually? Are we actually what we claim to be? Are we? No, we want progressive. We want you to try things out. You know, that's it. We'll either like it or we'll hate it, but your band should... You know, if they had have just put out the Blackening version 2, all people would have said is like, really? That was 10 years ago, guys. 100%. Have you got any other new ideas by yet? Yeah, you can't win as a band sometimes. And I do think Machine Head are um, the popular band to not like. You know, the band that people want to jump on the bus and all go let's all hate machine head let's all hate machine head because keep that thought in mind because that's going to be what's going to come up afterwards about that particular bandwagon that's currently growing so right so you you reviewed uh three four singles of machine head leading up to it so you were getting i didn't hear a single one purposely Uh because i was waiting for the album um so you had 
thoughts obviously leading up to you heard bastards before it was, it was the I heard bastards six like months ago actually yeah. I saw the YouTube version when he put up the uh, kind of poetry slam uh, acoustic right okay I didn't know that was going to be on the album oh until really that came out okay so I guess maybe maybe it was a benefit for me because it wasn't so much of a surprise because when I heard it it was like a a rocked up version yeah of, so of it was this arguably cool, better pr- pretty cool little ditty that he mm. put out before you know and I was like oh cool this is nice you know so we just dis- I mean this actually was a discussion when it came to who was going to review the album because obviously I asked you and said look you, you yeah. know and it was going to be me because you've done the singles yeah and all that and Following all, like, it's impossible to not get, to, to avoid, not the hate, but it seemed to be so universally negative. So, yeah. don't get me wrong, you, you know, it depends where you're looking. If you're reading Facebook comments, YouTube comments, That's all that, thing. all you're going to do is find I think, I think negative people are vocal and positive, more people with a little bit more positivity. Sometimes we just hold our tongues a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you'll see a news, you'll see it, right, you know, like, they'll put a song out or they'll put an article out, yeah, and there will be 100% negative comments. Yeah. But actually, if you look at the number, it'll be like 95 you know, this isn't the machine head fan base, the head cases. There are tens of thousands of us everywhere. What we're not doing, I guess, is speaking up and saying, actually, shut up. You're wrong. But then, then... <laughs> you look at the, there's, there's the biggest ever shows in America. Yeah. Yeah, sold out shows. Chart positions, it's hard to say whether that's um, a good thing or a bad thing yeah. because music has changed. You know, we know that their tour over here is sold out or selling out. Yeah, we know that they'll probably do the same across Europe. Yep. You know, generally... There is obviously not that much of a backlash to this album as what those ninety negative people mm-hmm. on each Facebook page are, are, are making it look like. You yeah, know? and that's really what it is. I mean. Do you think you have to pull it back a little bit? I get frustrated because I am a fan of Machine Head. I am, you know, a huge fan, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not by it. I want well, to. We actually we spoke about this. I didn't want to review the album anyway because I was I was worried I might be biased because I was listening to it. I was enjoying it. And I couldn't understand. Was, but was I that broken? Yeah, like you that were that. I, I'm so you know in love with this band that I'm not hearing their faults anymore. So, and I knew that you might have a more honest perspective on it. Yeah, cause that's why it was important for me to read it, and it was more important for me to read that you also felt. You know, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I think it's a great album. I think um, I, 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 what you said at the start confuses the hell out of me, um, and I feel like it's just, it's like people, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. Like, what on earth are you after? I, I, I get so puzzled over hearing bands. Like, like right, one of the things that I'm constantly bringing up, we bring up quite a lot, and it's coming on a podcast already, which is um, um, this whole rock and metal is dead, rock and metal is dead. And yeah. I keep, it's just some fact, no, it's fucking not. No. If you just bother to look. But you go, okay, you don't, if you don't like catharsis, fair enough. Have you, but have your reasons. Don't just say, I don't like catharsis because it's, it's fucking like, um, the Burning Red. No, it's not. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. It might have a song or two that reminds you of the Burning Red, and there definitely is stuff on there. But don't yeah. just don't. I mean, this, this is part. Of, you know, like it's a bigger problem to be honest than even just Machina. This is just part of modern society now, unfortunately, which is that people who hate Machine Head follow Machine Head on Facebook to just tell people they hate them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. I doesn't. You know, not just. I mean, this isn't exclusive to Machine Head. This happens to other bands, to football clubs, to films, to yeah. pe- people probably as well. You know, if you hate Machine Head that much, why are you liking them, following them to get constant alerts about them just so you can then jump on there and go, I hate this band. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, move on to a different yeah, band, yeah, guys. Yeah, go find something There are better. other bands out there. Yeah, yeah. You hate them so much that you follow their every movement. That is just weird. You know. Well, as we're talking about the hate, that's ultimately the second to last question, which is, like, it was about this hate and why, do, why a lot, a large, well, at least a portion of the metal community is turning on Machine Head. 
but we don't know but i have we obviously have our opinions right mm. and i will tell you that my opinions are that a lot of the hate that i have seen and it might just be because of the size of the population there compared to maybe the size of the population in the uk is american right okay that's not all americans and it's not a dig at americans or anything like that but it just seems to be people that are uh, have taken offense to um certain things that rob has said over the last few years okay yeah but yeah. also certain lyrics on this album right yeah there are some touchy subjects for metal fans and one of them is criticizing phil anselmo oh of course yeah right? of course before i love machine head i love rob flynn I love Phil Anselmo. Mm. I'm get that out there first. I'm a huge fan of the man. But let's not all pretend for one second that he doesn't have his flaws. Yeah. You, you know? really let us We all really wish sometimes down. Rob would stop talking. Let's not say for one second that we don't wish Phil would sometimes stop talking and stop being a dick. Okay? Yeah. You know, that's just the simple fact of it. Yeah. Whatever happened back then, Phil did something. Rob gave his opinion. And the... Phil Anselmo Protection Brigade, not that he needs it, the case is hard enough himself. He can, yeah are still very bitter about it mm. because you can see that in the post they still make jokes about wine and everything like that yeah it's yeah. rob like somehow rob to a lot of these people came out of that the bad guy yes yeah, it's, it's not that. because he did anything wrong it's because he spoke out against their heroes and a guy who is i would also class as one of my heroes yeah yeah know? but i don't hate rob for doing it because just like i do just like we do here and just like everybody who's writing these negative posts on facebook he's got as much right to his opinion yeah he was there i wasn't there how, how can I say that Phil's innocent? Rob was there. Rob wasn't there. You know? well, we don't even need... You know? the, 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 uh, that old one always confuses yeah. me because you only have to go watch our video. Yeah. Uh, we all saw but the video. Know, Phil's, <laughs> Phil's apologised for it. He, he's, he's, you know? Yeah, he so enough, enough defending him about it. We know it happened. Phil told us he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, but anyway, <laughs> I, I do think part of the negativity is because of that. Because yeah. for good reason, Pantera and Phil are held in very very high regard within the metal community yep. and for good reason mm -hmm. all right um so i guess what rob did not being held in the same high regard as he came out and he criticized one of the hierarchy you know yeah he, yeah he spoke up to the boss he, he told god off you yeah. know that sort of thing yeah because even if it's not pantera it's down yeah. you know what i mean yeah and that started for me that was the beginning of the oh rob is so self-righteous so mm. preachy so to look at him, I'm better than everybody else telling us what we should or shouldn't do. And yep. that's where it started. And it continued on from then with songs like Bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously has the cagey lyrics. It has some, you know, I, I, I think they're great lyrics. And I understand because I'm, I've got the intelligence to understand that he's doing it from perspective. But actually the cagiest lyric on that song is not the one that you would think it would be. The one that seems to have drawn the most ire is... The Second Amendment thugs. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. Now, I'm again. I'm not American. I don't have the same passion for your constitution. I don't understand it. I'm not going to try and pretend that I do. Um, I do know. I believe that the Second Amendment is to do with the right to bear arms. Yep. And I also know from non-machine head related things that that's a very touchy subject. Yes. Um, there's quite. Still, I'm not not sure if it's split down the middle, but it seems quite split. What with the horrible happenings at some of the schools and that. Yeah about the people who think that it should be ripped up and or, or, or amended. Um, and the, does that make it a third amendment then? I don't know how it works, but... You know, I presume. Yeah. I... And, then, and then obviously the people who say, no, it's our constitutional right. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to try and argue against it, wrong or right, I don't know. I'm not there. Um, I do know that it's a touchy subject. Yes. Uh, and for a man who's now already been hailed as preachy for criticising Phil, to then 
come up against the right to bear arms, I believe most of the negativity against Rob specifically, but that will leak onto the band, is because of those two things. Mm. Now, there might be more. There might be other little bits that are winding people up and yep. irritating them. And there might actually be bits like that, but also they don't like the album. Yeah, you know? yeah, And, that, and that's course. completely fine. Yeah. But from an outsider in a different country who doesn't understand your constitution, I'm looking at the things that Rob's saying. And to me, it makes sense because I don't, I don't know what happens in America. All I do is I see a news article. That's it. And, you know, we know how filled with the news is. Mm-hmm. And the news says that some gays have walked into Walmart, bought a gun and 25 grenades, walked into a school and shot a load of yeah. people. So in my simple mind, I think, well... Seems silly to sell it in Walmart. Yeah, like, it you know? seems an easy thing like to change. Like, like, I'm just going to pop to Iceland to pick up a lasagna and a gun. Yeah, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't compute because we don't have it. Yeah, we're so far removed from you that know? way of life. We watch, you know, you only have to watch the interviews with people after one of these uh, shootings or, or, or attacks or whatever you want to call them to know how, even in those heated moments when 20, 30, 40, 50 children are dead, mm. that people will still fight to keep their right to be oh, right. yeah, yeah. Because they believe in it passionately. That's their belief. So for anybody to come out, whether it was me and you, or Rob, or whoever it might be, and call them Second Amendment thugs, is going to get backed up. Yeah, yeah. If you do that, having already called out Phil and Selmo, and got this reputation of preaching, and yeah, telling mouthy, people yeah. who you are, I think a lot of the criticism that comes out from that. I do. <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, I mean you 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 you're, you. I knew I knew knew it would be a good one to do, Machine Head. Yeah, you said everything. So yeah. let's wrap this up with one final question. Really easy, <laughs> no deepness to it. But you're gonna go. Oh, favorite song? What of all time or of, of the new album? Oh, no, of Machine Head. All time. Favorite ten songs? Yeah. No, no. Favorite. Just one <laughs> song that you'd say if you could, if you can narrow it down. That is just yeah. Okay, that's the song that I always come back to, and I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Like, I'll tell you mine straight away. It's Imperium. That's that's the baddest. Badass, badass um, machine head song. It's a horrible time to ask that question when there's a new album out because obviously I have currently got eight favourite new songs. Oh uh, yeah, but, but my favourite song of all time would be "Descend the Shades of Night." So both from two through the ashes. Yes. <laughs> and there you go. But you know, this isn't. Let, let me just very, very, very quickly say that it's very. You know, if I had to put a top five out, it would be minuscule details between why one song over another. It's not like, oh, that song's way out there and all the rest are really you know, Oh, far yeah, away. yeah, I'll agree with that. It's really close, you know, really, really close. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's no, like, clear-cut, like, this is out in the lead because of this very reason. Yeah, I mean, I like Imperium because it just so happens to be probably the heaviest song, yeah. arguably, on Ashes of Empires. And, like, probably at the prob- time, that, at the time when that album came away, like, really properly, I was really looking for heavy, heavy, heavy. I was getting into black metal and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, that just really appealed and live I think it's it's such a fucking killer yeah. when when they were doing the live shows when they were opening with mm-hmm. Imperium that was always such a fucking great like such a great opener you know I don't think they do it anymore do they I think the last well, couple of times yeah I mean it's, I guess it gets difficult for them really now doesn't yeah, it because they so have so many intros being openers like Clenching the Fist of Descent gets used a fair bit mm. um, I think on this new tour they I can't, well I might be wrong but I think they've been using I was looking at some of the set lists and I think um, they've been using Clenching or um, I'm trying to think. What's the, I'm trying to think of, of um, the the opening song on "Onto the Locust." I can sing it in my head. You know, it starts off with the "Sangre Sane." Oh, um, oh, god oh, damn! I, I, I am hell. hell. Yeah, I think. But yeah, that's a great fucking opening. But they, yeah, they've all got that long build-up, which allows the band the time to walk out. Yeah, you know, everyone to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We love you, Rob. 
<laughs> Shit, did we have we seen them open with that? I'm trying to think of the Hammersmith City. Well, we've definitely Hammersmith seen them open City, with Imperium. We've seen them open Follow. with Clench in the Fist of the Scent. Definitely. Yeah. You, yeah, I don't think I've seen them open with anything. Earlier. I mean, you know, this like, like you know, I know, I know we're wrapping it up, but this gig that's coming up yeah. in a couple of weeks, months, May nineteenth, is because there are now fifteen new tracks added to what is already a large collection of songs that we mm. some some we a lot we've been happy luckily to see, but there's also those songs that we've never seen, and now there's this whole new album which is about an hour long, just maybe just under or just over an hour. Yeah. You know, it's try hard now to work out like basically what are we, we losing could, to basically get the we new? could do with like a three hour. Yeah, what are we losing to get the new shit in basically? You know? Yeah, because there's a lot of songs from the new album I really want to hear live, really want to hear. You know, which is great because now I'm back at that feeling where I'm like, oh, I hope they play this, I hope they play that. Well, aren't you getting to this stage as well with Machina where it's like you're looking at some of the bigger hits and thinking, yeah, you could drop that. I've seen that live a few too many times. It, it was you actually, could drop yeah. Halo. It was, I was want, no, not Halo, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, we all want to do the end. Yeah, no, I've said it now, but after a couple of beers, yeah. I'll be bang up for it. You know, because that's always the encore as well, isn't yeah. it? We always get um, Davidian and uh, Halo as the big ender. You know, and looking at some of the sets they've been doing in America, they have been playing five to six songs oh, off really? the new album. You know, I looked at the set list a couple of times and we've had, they do play Bastards. They do play uh, Behind the Mask. They play Volatile. You, you know, th th there's a fair few, you know, that get aired. Um, yeah, so like you said, it's like, oh man, which ones are we going to lose? I wonder if we can pick and choose them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing it either way. I'm sure we will be reviewing it. Of course, of course, of course. And that's, um, yeah, that's how this a special one done, finished. Special one. Thanks for sticking with us for Mourinho. almost an hour, ten minutes. Yep. Don't make football references on my podcast. Sorry. Sorry.